Welcome to Groovy Soup. Groovy. A showcase of music from artists and bands from across Ohio, and your chance to hear something new and local. Here's your host, Paul Holden. Welcome to another episode of Groovy Soup, a show all about the sounds and music of Ohio. I'm Paul Holden, your host and chef of this mashup of melodies. Tonight, a local artist who tells me about her love of music and the influences nature has on her tunes, and a group that's been doing things longer than, well, my time here on Earth. Leading things off, here's Megan B. and the title track from her most recent album, Like a Canyon. Color me like a canyon When the sun is hanging low down in the west Color me like a canyon And let the red and green and blues run down my legs Color me like a canyon Color me like a canyon And keep me in your Like a cottonwood tree On the driest days right before the monsoon Color me like a cottonwood tree Looking brittle and broken But I'm just waiting for the right amount of rain to bloom That was Like a Canyon by Megan B. Megan joined me in the studio to talk about her music and traveling the world to soak up the sights and sounds of this beautiful spinning rock. We learn more about Megan B. right now. Got another great artist in with me today. I got Megan B. in here. Megan, thank you so much for coming into the studio today and for joining me. Paul, thanks so much for having me. I always start uh, every show off by having everyone just introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about what they do musically. I don't think musically is a word, though. <laughs> I've, I've thought about that. I'm like, I'm not quite sure that's a word. Well, my name's Megan B. I live in Athens, Ohio. I moved down here 15 years ago from uh, Ottawa County area, and I went to Hawking College. And then I, I slowly started getting into this kind of music scene just out around a campfire and just passing the guitar around. And so a lot of my music 
comes from a background of just really organic, uh, community-focused music. And I, I studied environmental education, so a lot of my music has a little undertone of environmentalism in it. Um, yeah, but lately I've been touring quite a bit. I just released my second solo album last year. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, it was a really fun project to work on, and I've been touring a lot this year. I just counted. I've played in 19 different states just wow. this year. Very and cool. So I'm excited to be in Athens for a couple months mm-hmm. and just bedding down for a little winter time. Um, but I just played at Casa, um, and I'm playing some other local shows coming up so just hanging around town nice. and writing more and catching up gotcha we'll touch base on those uh, shows coming up sure. soon but let's talk about the tour and what that was like 19 different states what was that like for you going through this year and so were you basically touring the full year or did you kind of hit that summer or spring festival season and, and did a lot of it during the summer and spring months well i kind of did three different tours. So there was a tour in March from California to Georgia, and I did the whole south of the country. And that was by myself, and I was it was a lot of driving, but it was a lot of places I'd been before and places I had friends, so it was really nice to see a lot of people. Um, and then in the summer, I toured up to Maine. I have some friends who own a blueberry farm, and they throw this big blueberry festival, and they hire musicians, and um, they invited me up for that. So then I turned that into a tour and toured through the whole Northeast and booked some other shows around that. And then I just got back a couple weeks ago from a tour to Iowa with my dear friend Joe Stevens. He's from Sacramento, California, but he flew out, and then we drove up did a loop around Ohio and then through Chicago and Madison, Wisconsin, and then met up with a couple other bands in Iowa and did a loop around Iowa. So coast to coast this year, California up into (laughs) Maine and then back into the Midwest with Iowa. That's amazing. I, I can only a blueberry farm in Maine. That sounds like a pretty darn good place to, to watch some music. I can only imagine. Oh yeah. It's so sweet. Yeah. And so, what, any any of your favorites or any type of tips for people going through? I mean, that's a tour. I know a lot of people that do local tours. They might go close as far as Chicago, maybe. That's their the furthest. You said, we're going all the way to the coast. <laughs> we're going through the south. I'm doing it by myself. What does it take to be such a road warrior? Well, I think you just have to love to travel. And I really love to travel. And I love to meet people. Um, and so I've met other songwriters and people to collaborate with along the way. And it takes some endurance. There's definitely Definitely. some long driving, especially when I'm by myself. It's really, it can be tiring. So it takes, it takes, I have to download a lot of podcasts Mm -hmm. and um, get some good music to take with me. But yeah, and it takes a heck of a lot of pre-planning. I mean, I'm usually booking three to six months ahead of time, sometimes more. So that's the real work of it Mm -hmm. is just the planning and the booking and the communicating. Is there any place on your, your, your touring this year that, that stuck out to you? Anywhere that maybe maybe not somewhere you expected to be so so cool. Is there anything that kind of snuck up on you that was really cool? I mean, like I said, you, you basically covered a good chunk of, of the United States, at least a good route around to see a lot of stuff. Yeah, and this last trip to Iowa was really sweet. And I'd never spent, I'd driven through Iowa, but I'd never spent any time there. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was just really... It was really sweet. It was really, uh, we paired up with a couple bands, local bands, and they were so loved and well-received that it was nice to go out and really feel welcome and meet up with a lot of local people. More from Megan B. on the way next, here on Groovy Soup. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. Paul Holden back with you here on Groovy Soup. Another track from Megan B. This one has a bit of that Christmas feel and is called That's Enough. The day before Christmas I got a box in the mail General Delivery up in St. Clair's Pier An alpaca sweater The colors of a winter sunset And it might be the only present I get this year That's enough 
Responsibility for my part. I don't know if he still loves me anymore, but I'm no longer afraid for the safety of my heart. Christmas Eve It's five degrees below and you're the only one in this town I even halfway know And the snow is piling up on the doorsteps and on the sidewalks And the wind is blowing a piccolo through a crack in the window And there's a sofa in the living room by the fireplace but there's a big bed up the stairs so we lie together under the comforter under the canopy and you run your fingers through my hair and that's enough yeah that's enough Taking the lights down on Main Street Cause that's enough Yeah, that's enough Yeah, that's enough Yeah, that's enough We just heard That's Enough by Megan B. Now we hear more from Megan herself. We're chatting with Megan B. here, and she's uh, just finished up a, a tour uh, through from to Iowa and back. What was the music scene in Iowa like? Did you learn anything about it? Because, again, Iowa, a state you probably don't know too much. You know, the average person doesn't know too much about. Yeah, it was really, really alive. We played in Dubuque, Des Moines, Iowa City, and Fairfield, and... All those cities were different and interesting and unique in their own ways. Mm-hmm. Very cool, and uh, that's that's always just so interesting how different music is. You know, when you when you start going through the places, but there there is that one common theme of music. Music is always in those communities. So you mentioned um, environmentalism, and uh, that was part of your studies. What? How does music and environmentalism go together? You've obviously you've seen it in, in history. People use music as a as a way of gathering and, and you know expressing themselves. How uh, do you, do you use music and and to help or maybe go with your 
environmental beliefs and ideas? Well, I, I mean, I find a lot of inspiration just by being in different environments and being submerged in, I do a lot of backpacking and wilderness camping and being there kind of quiets everything down and helps me see things. And I think everything in nature is really a metaphor for us. I mean, we're part of nature. Right. So using in the environment as a metaphor and learning from it. And then also taking an experience and turning it into a song helps pull more attention to the environmental world and, and maybe inspire somebody to look outside or go outside a little more. Yeah, sorry, my phone has a crazy loud vibrate here for You're whatever reason. You're blowing up over I, there. I, yeah, we have our our Friday Facebook giveaway, so my phone's just going off off the rails. <laughs> but I don't really know why it vibrates that much. But that's interesting because I mean, I there is such a connection I think between music and the environment. It is music does kind of seem like natural in a way. It is such like because. In a, there's so many sounds and things that you get like when you're just immersed in nature. Have you used any uh, like nature sounds or, or ever sampled or were like you said you you're inspired by it? But have you ever kind of like sampled nature sounds or used anything like a, a babbling brook or something mm. like that? No, you know I had an old band, Worms and the Decomposers, and we we vocally ourselves made some frog noises there for our album, and we also had an ocean drum that we use on one of our songs about the ocean. Very cool. So we kind of mimicked the sounds. Yeah, nature is full of sounds and songs, and there's all this stuff happening in the layers of the sound. And just even listening to birds and hearing, they all kind of take a different place in the songs. And when one is singing, another one isn't singing if they're in a similar range or one of them has a lower range. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting like just to go in the woods and listen to the layers in the space that each animal is taking up with their music. Yeah, and especially cuz you know that's the thing like animals a lot birds especially communicate kind of through songs and, and you know through different uh, variations of the melodies and the pitches that they use through the whistling, which I think is super super cool. Um, you mentioned that you released your second full album last year. What was that like? And have you just been with touring that that stuff and writing along the way and hoping to put maybe some new music out next year? Yeah, I've definitely been plotting my next project. I have a ton of new songs, and uh, sometimes it feels like they back up, and it's like, i got to record them and get them out there so I can make room for more because I have a big pile of them. <laughs> um, but the last one was super fun. I recorded down at Peach Fork Studio in Meigs County nice. with Bernie Now, and I got a few of the guys from the Mountain Stage Band in West Virginia to come up and Very back cool. me up. Very super cool. fun. And then also my friend Joe Stevens from California came in and we sing a lot together and he sang some harmony and played a little banjo. So that was super fun. Yeah, it was a big project. And uh, yeah, it came out last September. So, so yeah, so you've uh, you just had the, the anniversary a couple months ago yeah. of that. It's got to be exciting to, to, to have something to feel like to celebrate all that work a, a year later. And of course, celebrated by going on a multi-stage tour throughout the <laughs> throughout the most of the year so uh what's what is the process like for putting that album together you got a bunch of songs how do you decide which song that you're going to put on the album oh my gosh well you you try them out <laughs> and I, I play them out live a lot before i decide to record it and see how they're received and i'm also in the songwriter's circle and we meet on Tuesdays, so I bring a lot of new stuff there, and there's a lot of great songwriters there that'll give f- feedback or give me the okay, like, yeah, we want to, you record that one, or, so I kind of just go through them and uh, throw them all against the wall and see which ones stick. What can you tell us about the uh, the, the songwriter's circle? Maybe is that something that people in the area can get involved in? Is yeah. It, what type of a resource is that? Yeah, it's a great resource. We meet every Tuesday. We're taking a little break for the holiday seasons, but mostly every Tuesday from 7 to 9 up at the Baker Center Lounge, the 1804 Lounge. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's a real loose group. Um, people kind of come and go as they please, but some people really come every week. And it's just a great place to share something and maybe get some feedback or just hang out with other songwriters and hear what they're working on or what they're struggling with and be together with it. And we do these weekly prompts where we call it the quick and dirty. We'll pick a random word and then say sometime in the week, take an hour and only an hour. Don't spend any more time because you don't want to take it too seriously. Right. And uh, 
write a song. So then when we get back together, we share our songs that we wrote. And it's just nice to have a group to be accountable to. Mm -hmm. And that is got your back and encouraging so yeah not only got your back but it probably pushes you and challenges you to to go after those stuff you might not feel so confident about and they can you know give you hey you know that is a good i love that yeah part. you know that that's you should you should use that yeah so, and just with so many brains in the room somebody will give a prompt that is something i think i would never put in a song and it makes me write a really different song than i would right. write just on my own yeah, no, that's and, and that's awesome. I mean, collaboration is key, even if you're a solo artist. That it seems like a, a, a lot of what you do is solo. You might have people come in and, and help you out, but you got to collaborate a little bit to at least just bounce your ideas off of someone. Because you know that process of going through songs, I'm sure also will drive yourself crazy if you don't have anyone yeah. else to come in there and be like, "That's the one you should go with," you know. And you're like, even if you're on the fence about it, you can still be like. You know, people are talking about that one. Let's go with that one. Yeah. So, 15 years ago, you came down here. How have uh, how has your music changed in that time? Did it change when you came down here? Have you seen music change around here at all in your time here? Wow. Yeah, it definitely changed because when I came down here, I didn't songwrite or play guitar or anything. Oh, it was wow. Yeah. It took a couple years before somebody put a guitar in my hands. And I'd always been a writer. I'd always... I'm I'm still a daily journaler. I write in my journal every day, and um, I would make up little melodies while I was walking. But once I had a guitar, then it was like I had this vehicle to put music to. So my music has changed hugely. Just finding my own voice and finding my writing style, and I think it's still changing. I mean, I hope it's still changing. I want to keep growing. Right. Um. And then. It's hard to tell locally. It just seems like the more I get connected, the more music there really is here. Right. And then there's a lot of great writers that don't even perform out. You know, like I've just met so many great people. And then, um, yeah, I think Athens has a really thriving music scene. There's music every night, multiple yeah. places. Yeah. There's yeah. an open mic almost every night of the week. There's we just great space for people yeah, and, and that was one of the big reasons why we wanted to do this show, too, is, I mean, there's, like you said, there is music every night. If if you even just put a half of a, an attempt of effort, you will find music somewhere. If it's not in Athens, it's in the surrounding area, at least, and, and which I think is so cool, and it's amazing that there's just so many different types of, uh, of musicians and groups around here as well. So we got Megan B here. We're chatting it up here. We'll wrap things up here in just a little bit. Um, what do you hope for your music is this you know you've obviously been very successful um touring and doing things is this the big goal is this you just keeping the riding the wave until it goes down and focusing on you know on your environmental work what what's the hope for music for you i just i want to keep writing and i want to be a better writer i love writing and i want to put music out for anybody who needs to hear it mm -hmm. Okay. Well, last question, then we'll wrap things up. You mentioned shows coming up soon. Uh, how can the people go out and support you, Where, um, not only in person? Where can they find you online? Yeah, on my website, meganbmusic.com, be like a bumblebee. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's shows listed on there. I have a show Saturday at the Shade Winery from 5 to 7. And then I have a show right after that. Saturday the 15th at Donkey Coffee opening for my buddy Josiah Whitley who's coming up from Wheelersburg he's a great songwriter and then I just uh, got booked to play the Cider House for New Year's Eve oh nice it's gonna be fun exciting yeah. cool yeah that'll be fun I mean yeah, New Year's Eve in Athens it's one of the it's, it's a great time and the Cider House is, is a great spot and uh, before we go make sure when you go check out Megan's stuff to go check out uh, her new t-shirts and the stickers that she just got me beautiful <laughs> designs very very cool so Megan B check out Megan B music uh, Megan thank you so much for your time today you're welcome thanks for having me our next segment features a band that was just in town last week and have performed over 2,000 live shows stay tuned Groovy Soup on Power 105 this is Groovy Soup on Power 105 Acoustic hookah blends a variety of genres such as folk, psychedelic rock, bluegrass, and more to create a sound dubbed hookah. This group has been around longer than I've been alive and have created quite the community. Here's Acoustic Hookah with Timber.
That was Timber from Acoustic Hookah, and I had the pleasure of talking to Dave Katz from Acoustic Hookah on his way to Athens last week. Listen in. I got a great, great band on the line. I got a member of a great band, I should say. I got Acoustic Hookah on the line. I got Dave from Acoustic Hookah. Dave, thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let's uh, start off, just have uh, you introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about Acoustic Hookah. Oh, my name is Dave Katz, and I I am the primary songwriter and keyboardist and sometimes acoustic guitarist and singer for uh, Acoustic Hookah. Um, you know, we're a band that we, we originated out of Columbus, Ohio in 1991, so we've been doing it quite a long time, and uh, just kind of keeping things going here in whatever year it is now, it is a 2018, so it's been, it's, been a, it's been a long, strange road, that's for sure. 1991 that's amazing what can you tell me about the music scene in the areas from from the 90s and how has it changed as you, you guys have been doing this for so long uh well when we when we started it um i'm not going to say that we were the only band you know by any means that, that did what we do but we we kind of were doing something at the time that not a lot of bands were doing and that was just the the jam thing but original jam thing uh, at the time, there were a lot of Grateful Dead cover bands and, and that type of thing, uh, which I think there still are, but um, there weren't as many original bands doing what we did, and we just traveled around. Uh, we were lucky enough to come out of Columbus, Ohio, which is a great starting point because Columbus, uh, Ohio in general has so many uh, big cities and college towns within a relatively short distance from each other, uh, so we were able to just kind of fill our schedule, place six, seven nights a week in Ohio initially, and then kind of spiral out to the point where by 92, mid-92, end of 92, we were 
going nationwide pretty much. Man, that's that's awesome, especially to go from you know just traveling around Ohio to, to opening it up to going uh, across the country. I always find that so fascinating. How you know once you once you get used to the Ohio thing, then you start ready to start breaking out and, and and heading across the country. So, what was that like? What what's it been like traveling the country, playing music, and being part of this band? Uh, I mean, it was great. We we really did the majority of our traveling for about I'd say thirteen or fourteen years. Then we kind of cut it back. We had done it for a long time. But, um, you know, when we were traveling a lot, you know, we, we just go, <laughs> just kind of go place to place. We had, we had a thing where uh, we always let people tape our shows, which was relatively new back then also. And we actually had a guy who we referred to as Dubba who dubbed our tapes and then sold them at the next show. So, and then they circulated around the country. So our, reputation preceded us if you will um and we were able to pretty much draw crowds everywhere we went even though it was our first time coming through i shouldn't say everywhere but the majority of the places we went um so we really got a big boost from his efforts and and people just spreading our tapes around and when i say tapes i literally mean cassette tapes yeah that's the time it was so um but, but you know it was great we we generally got good receptions and just kind of built on that until, uh, you know, the mid-2000s or so, where we kind of cut back and scaled back and became a lot more regional. That's that's so fascinating, and I'm just, I'm going through your website here, and 2016, you guys celebrate 25 years. What does it take to reach that milestone? We've talked a little bit about it, but, I mean, to keep the band together, to keep it rolling for 25, now 25 plus years, what did it mean to make to reach that milestone, and what has it been like after that? Well, it meant a lot. I mean, there, you know, I, I can't put a percentage on it, but I would say it's a fraction of a percent of bands that last even close to that, even 10 years, probably. So, um, and I mean, out of all the bands that ever exist, obviously, but, you know, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of patience and understanding. You know, there's there's, there's a million great musicians out all over the place. It's not hard to find people who can play. It's hard to find people who can essentially live together, you know, on the road and that type of thing. And that's really the most difficult part of it. Um, You know, the playing... You know, we every band does what they do, and they play the kind of music they do, and they have a talent for what they do. But you have to be able to match the personalities and deal with each other and get through hard times like you would in any other type of relationship, basically. But, uh, you know, getting 25 was really a special thing. Uh, you know, we had a big musical party, so to speak. And, you know, since then, it, it hasn't really changed since then. I guess now we're looking forward to 30. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you're, you guys are well on your way, and you're... You're almost there. I mean, I was looking. You guys have now. You guys are over two thousand shows. I mean, that's you just. It's just got to be a, a good feeling, and you just got to be very proud of all the work. So, what what is next for you guys? What are you guys hoping for? I know you guys are. Uh, you guys will be playing in town uh, tonight when we're talking. But by the time this airs, this will be the the uh, Friday beforehand. You're heading into our neck of the woods here. You're gonna be at the Union. Uh, what's next for you guys uh, going forward? Just uh, you got a couple of shows here left uh, throughout the rest of this year. What does twenty nineteen look? for you uh well we're taking a couple months off at the beginning of the year and uh we're just going to kind of plow through the way the way we normally do we don't play as often as we used to and uh try to make the most out of every show um we'll have our we do a festival twice a year called hookahville that we've been doing since 1994 so we're on number 51 coming up of that uh the 50th one was a huge one last year and um we always look forward to that that uh, the first one happens the weekend before Memorial Day weekend. Second one happens on Labor Day weekend. Um, Central Ohio generally is the area that we have it, and uh, you know we look forward to getting to that. But generally, it's just you know gig to gig and show to show, just doing what we love to do, and you know trying to bring a few hours of joy into people's lives. You know that's that's really what it's all about. We we don't have grand plans that's never been our thing we never had a plan ever mm-hmm. we just kind of do what feels right and it's, it's how is that just is that just the way it's always been is that just what's come natural is there a reason like you, you'd think that there's always a plan but sometimes you can't always uh, you know plan for everything and all of the possibilities that can happen yeah i, I can pretty much honestly say that we've never had a plan <laughs> i mean <laughs> we got together we started playing and uh it felt right, and we kept playing, and next thing you know, we were playing more and farther out, and 
then when it felt right to rein it in, we reined it in. I mean, there was never, it's never like we sit down and we say, okay, this is what we have to get done. Even with recordings, they've a lot of times never really uh, been planned out. They've kind of popped out of nowhere and spur of the moment almost been like, hey, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Let's go do that. You know? Right. Um, it's kind of fun to, to keep things loose like that. Um, you know, life in general, I mean, it's some things you have to plan, but sometimes, sometimes you just don't have to plan it. You just let it happen naturally and take what comes your way. More from Acoustic Hookah next here on Groovy Soup. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. Groovy Soup continues with another track from Acoustic Hookah. This one is called Rest.
Helicopters overhead Keeping me from sleep The dreams of all the folks I've known And the places I have been If I don't get some rest I don't know what I'm gonna do Lying here alone Nothing seems to work Like it did when I was lying with you That was Rest by Acoustic Hookah. We hear more from Dave Katz of the band right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's in reality, that's kind of what you can only do most of the time. It's just go with what life gives you and roll with the punches. Let's talk about the uh, that festival that you guys... So is that that's a festival that you guys put on twice a year, specifically for your fans and your community? Uh, was that Hookahville, you said? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, what what can you? Um, yeah. So, is that uh, is that a, a thing that you guys put on yourself for your fans? What can you tell us about? Uh, what can you tell us about that? Yeah. I mean, it's something we started in '94. Uh, like I said, it was just kind of a idea to play out in the woods. We played on some property that I lived on in the middle of nowhere. Um, and you know, the first time we had it, like we didn't advertise at all, and like eighteen or eight hundred people showed up. So, wow. We said, hey, you know, let's do it again later this year, and we did it again at a bigger venue. And more people showed up, and, you know, next thing you know, there were 5,000, 8,000, 10,000, even up to 15,000 people coming to the show. And it was kind of the beginning of the festival scene in this part of the country. There really wasn't another festival going on, at least nothing, you know, relatively large-scaled. And we started bringing in bands that people, even not just this part of the country, but other festivals, had no idea that these types of bands would even play festivals. So we were the first you know, festival to bring in acts like uh, Rat Dog, and we had Bruce Hornsby play, and we, we brought in the Neville Brothers, and we brought in, you know, just like, just anybody. I mean, we just found that if you call them up and make the right offer, they'll come play, you know? So we always had these bands opening up for us, which really helped our popularity because it got people coming that didn't even know us to our festival to see these other bands, but we were headlining the festival, and, you know, it, it made us you know, forefront in their minds when they were leaving the festival, and it really helped a lot. Um, but a lot of other festivals came out of that, uh, some of the big ones, you know, like Bonnaroo and Wakarusa and all these other big festivals kind of grew out of what we were doing, and they got some pretty big money behind them and uh, kind of swamped us. So <laughs> we our numbers started to go down, but we kept doing it anyways, and just because it's a lot of fun and it's great for our fans to be able to – and to come out and just spend a complete weekend with us and the focus being not just us, but them and the whole like family atmosphere that, that they've helped create around our band over the past, you know, 27 plus years. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what better way to celebrate than getting into a beautiful part of the country and playing a bunch of, of great music. What goes into planning something like that, something of that magnitude, especially when it was at its, at its peak there where like, obviously not to say that it's, it's not as, 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 uh, uh, much work as it was back in the day, but what goes into preparing and planning a festival of that size? Uh, it takes a lot of work and a lot of people. Um, you know, we back then when it was really big, we, we had a big crew of people that were, you know, they knew what they were doing. They kind of grew with the festival through through the years, and none of them were, you know, in quotes, professional festival throwers or anything like that. It, it just, uh, you know, they learned it just like we learned it on the fly, and uh, you know, ended up doing a great job. It, it takes a lot of work and a lot of coordination. Obviously, the bigger the festival, the more of that that goes into it. But um, it's hard to quantify. People don't. People who attend them don't really get what it takes behind the scenes and how many months and months of work and everything it takes to really pull them off. Um, you know, doing two of them is almost a year-round job. 
basically. Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, like you said, you only have so much time to plan them, and as soon as one ends, you got to get ready for the next one, and then when that one ends, you got to get That's ready right. for planning for the for the next year's cycle already. I can I can only imagine like how much work actually goes into those. Uh, even just trying to do the show every week and just trying to get bands for that is is challenging enough. Let alone trying to get a whole yep. lineup and and a bunch of food and and things ready for people. So that's awesome, and it's it's really cool that you guys continue to have and do events like that for um, your your fans, especially the ones that have been around for a long time that have probably been to those festivals. It's cool that they get to still go to them and probably and bring members of their families too. You know, they might have started listening when they were younger. Well, and now they've grown up, and yeah. now the family gets to come. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we yeah, I can't even tell you how many times people come, and you know, I, I my my father, my mother you know, introduced me to you, or I was conceived at Hookerville, <laughs> you know, things like that. And actually, now we're actually, which really shows our age, is that we're getting into people whose grandparents introduced them to us. Wow. So, uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's the way it's going. So if we can get to where, you know, people's great-grandparents are introducing into us, them them to us that that would be uh, pretty spectacular absolutely i mean again the 25 <laughs> plus years is, is is quite the achievement but um so you're coming down here to athens you guys have been playing for so long what's your connection to athens and southeast ohio what, what are your thoughts about it how, how does it feel coming down here to play oh we've always loved playing athens i mean the the original place we were playing was the dugout um i don't know what it's called now but i remember it when i drive by it and you know we used to just pack it to the gills, literally people hanging out the windows and get sweaty and hot and loud, really loud. And, uh, you know, it was great times. And that was back in the early nineties. And there's been, you know, quite a few other venues we've played and festivals in the area that we've played, uh, over time. But there's always been a special connection there. I mean, Athens is just a really cool town. It just has a great vibe. It always has, um, you know, we've had really good times and met really good people there and still know people who live, you know, in the area, especially in the outskirts, some people who used to live right in town there and may or may not have <laughs> went to school there, but um, ended up, you know, buying property on the outside of town, on the outskirts there, and uh, still lucky enough to be able to visit that uh, part of the state. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's it's, it's just cool that, uh, you know, you guys have such – you guys are very proud of your Ohio connections, which I think is really cool as well. You guys are – this is where we're from. And this is where the sound is, and I think that's that's really cool. Uh, we got uh, Dave here. We had Dave from the Acoustic Hookah, uh, Dave Katz there. Um, Dave, we'll wrap things up here. I know you're uh, driving, and uh, I want to make sure that you get down here uh, for your show safely. Uh, you guys got uh, another show coming up here on New Year's up in Newark. Uh, how can the people go out and support you? Where, where do you want to send the people? So if they want to check out... Uh, your one-stop shop for Acoustic Hookah, where do they go? Yeah, I just go to acoustic.com, www.ekoostik.com, and everything's up there. Uh, New Year's shows at uh, 31 West, great place, uh, beautiful place, really. And uh, if you want to come on out, get your tickets early. It, we played there last year. It did sell out, so uh, it, it, it'll be a great time. Awesome, Dave. Well, thank you so much. Before we go, uh, my uh, traffic director here at the station, she was a big fan. She actually told me to look you guys up, so I'd be reminisced if I didn't say that uh, she, uh, you got you got definitely going to have a big fan out there in the in the crowd when you guys get down here. But, uh, Dave, thank you so much for your time and safe travels. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. That's going to do it for this episode of Groovy Soup. Big time thanks to Megan B. and Acoustic Kuka for joining the show tonight. Be sure to check them out online and catch a new slate of artists and bands next Monday at 7 p.m. right here on your live, local, real music variety station, Power 105. If you or your band is interested in Groovy Soup, send me an email at pholden at wxtq.com. That's P-H-O-L-D-E-N at wxtq.com. I'm Paul Holden signing off. See you next week.